We all know that video is a powerful way to communicate the value of what we do as designers and creatives. But if you're like most business owners, the very idea of creating these videos can seem overwhelming. Well, my girl, Ariane Belazaire, is masterful at creating engaging and effective videos for her business, and she's created a course where she teaches you step-by-step -step how to do it too. In her course, Video Like a Pro, you'll learn how to create five different styles of video, and for each style, you'll learn how to build it, how to shoot it, how to edit it, and how to promote it. I can tell you from my own personal experience that her course is so good. And she's offering a special promo code for my listeners. So go to www.videolikeaprocourse.com and enter the promo code Gale to get $50 off. And it's spelled capital G, capital A, capital I, capital L. Welcome to episode 42. I am your host, Gail M. Davis, and this is Design Perspectives. Welcome to the Design Perspectives podcast, and I am your host, Gail M. Davis. Being an interior designer is more than creating beautiful spaces. It's about articulating a vision and more importantly, being a valuable resource to clients. Join me as I gather insights from fellow architects, people of the trade, interior designers, and most importantly, the clients who value us. It is always a good day when I get to chat with someone that I admire, that I draw strength from, that we pray for each other, we encourage each other, we love on each other, and when we see again, we will hug each other, thank God. <laughs> so, um, super excited. Today's guest is Erica Ward. She is uh, the grand dame of Atlanta of interior design. She is absolutely amazing. I know those of you who know her love her just as much as I do. And the woman is always dropping knowledge. So without further ado, here is my friend, Erica Ward. Hey, Erica, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. Thank you for having me, Gail. Super excited to be here with you. <laughs> it, it's always fun to speak with you. Um, I've always admired you. And I love that this is not your first career, but it's your second career and where you came from really help you translate your skills. And you are one of the few designers that I know and that I'm really cool with that I learn a lot from and that you're profitable. Like you, you know, your, your dollar at every, at any moment. And I, th I think a lot of people think when you go into this business that the creativity will, will help, will, will be everything, but they don't understand the business aspect. Tell me your thoughts on that. Yeah. Right, right. No, that you couldn't have said true words that have never been spoken. That's what I'm trying to say. And it's <laughs> one of those things where you can be the most creative person, but if you don't have any type of uh, business acumen or if you don't have a team behind you or someone supporting you 
on the business side of uh, your firm, then you will struggle. And, and it's a hard truth, um, but it, it is what it is. That's where the term starving artist comes from, right? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, it doesn't mean that it's a hopeless situation. It just means that, you know, if someone does not even want to be bothered with it, although as an entrepreneur, you have to be quote unquote bothered with it in some shape or form because you have to know what's going on with your business. You have to know your financials um, and you have to know if the person's taking you for all you've got, right? Right, right. <laughs> While you're off, you know, uh, overseas designing, you know, for the prince or whoever you're designing for or the person down the street. Mm-hmm. You have to still have working knowledge of your business. Now, was it easy to find your client? That one question. And did you, was it, when you first started, was it like, let me just take on whoever? Or did you quickly go, I just need to niche and, and get my, my people in front of me? Oh, no, I wish I, it was that easy in the beginning. <laughs> um, I, I, um, delve into design even while I was still working in corporate and just for those who don't know I work in the construction industry as a construction accountant and I worked for three different firms in that capacity really did enjoy it um I also worked as an estimator I don't know if you knew that Gail no um yeah yeah sure did and so that that experience really helped me to understand uh, how to even read drawings. I did take a few courses in design school. I did do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I realized that I had way more knowledge than I even realized I had, um, you know, again, through having the uh, background in business finance with my, with my degree. I have a degree in finance and then also having that extensive work experience on construction projects. Um, and then on top of that, like I said, my side hustle, so to speak, was doing more of like design consultations and small projects for friends. And so I did that balancing act for about three years. Wow. Until I transitioned full time in 2009. And, you know, anybody that I have an opportunity to kind of tell my story to, explain to them, um, you know, my priority really was growing my family. You know, I have five children. I know. And, and you make it look easy, by the way. You make it look very uh-huh. easy. Well, thank you. Well, they are my first love, and that's what I wanted to be. I could have been a career mom, and then I kind of got the, the love of design as, mm-hmm. as a, a close second, right? And um, that's given me the best of both worlds, being able to scale the business in the sense where I was doing more consulting work um, before I was doing full service design, which allowed me to schedule appointments as I could, right? Mm -hmm. And then it would allow me to be done with each of those clients at the end of that two-hour session that go home to my family and there aren't any other deliverable stuff. And I was able to continue that until, let's say, I was able to get um, the kids enrolled into kindergarten, right? That gave me a little bit of breathing room Mm -hmm. to be able to add more responsibility and more range of services to clientele at the same time, you know, growing this family. But I have to tell you, you asked me the question about um, prospecting and how did I get my clients. 
I started a blog back in 2009 and that blog really helped me to gain a lot of exposure in the Mm -hmm. industry Mm -hmm. and it helped to garner a lot of press uh, for myself locally and actually one of my first pieces of press ended up coming out of Singapore. (laughs) I didn't want a Singapore home uh, magazine which was pretty awesome. Oh my goodness. I know, right? So that's the power <laughs> of the internet and social media that, you know, somebody got wind of me in Singapore and had a nice feature um, about me in that magazine. And again, I was still really in my business in the infancy, but it was one of those things that opened my eyes to the possibilities mm-hmm. and it was fueled to my creative fire and my business fire. And I just kept going, kept going. No, I... They will hear this a lot throughout this. I really admire your business acumen. Like you were just really amazing. So, all right. So you went from doing it that way. Then what was the light bulb moment when you thought to yourself, I don't want to take everybody. I need to find out who my people are, my tribe is, and th- and cause you to niche. Was it a client where you're like, oh, this is too much? <laughs> Oh, yeah, but it probably more than one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I'm i pretty easygoing for the most part, and I think that's conveyed in my social channel, on my social channel and in my other communication on my blog and mm-hmm. when I meet people in person. I mean, what you see is what you get. I am who I am. True. And so with that, with me being very um, easily approachable, you know, people can approach me and ask mm-hmm. me things. There was never intimidation factor, so to speak, right. in regards to, will she take my project? So, you know, I have a soft heart, <laughs> and I would get these stories, and they're like, oh, I, I have a sis, but I really want to work with you. And so, you know, I would take on a project or two like that, and they would wear me all the way out. <laughs> Not the people that say, but this, I don't really think. And sometimes we forget as professionals how taxing, I mean, although we love it now, how taxing the work can be. Truth. And so if you're working, you know, below your, your, your you know, your, your wage or your, what you're worth, mm-hmm. you're not, you know, charging what you're worth, then you start to feel resentful towards your client. True. that's not fair to them. No, it's not. And so when it got to the point where I felt like, <laughs> You know, hey, I feel like I'm working for free, mm-hmm. but I'd rather be, you know, instead of working for free for, you know, a stranger, I'd rather be home with my kids at least, you know, or sitting on the sofa watching TV. You know? Right. Instead of making myself ragged. But, but what I did do, though, Gail, mm-hmm. is I said, okay, well, how can I make this work for me? Because I'm in it and I'm going to finish anything that I start. Since I'm in it and I'm here, how do I make this work? So mm-hmm. I started making it um, content for the blog, right? Mm-hmm. And so with it being content, you know, I love to write. And so I would write about my projects and I would uh, include takeaways in those blog posts. And so what that is, it's appealing to both potential clients because they see how you work they've seen before and after pictures and mm-hmm. they read about, you know, your reasons for doing X, Y, or Z. Then it's also attractive 
to writers and editors because you pretty much presented a story within your blog post and all they need from you at that point is just images. Right. And so I think that's another thing that's important and that's still relevant even today is to have your story ready because it may not be that your your design was the best. I mean, it could have been. You know, it's all relative, right? Right. This is but true. it was ready. It was ready. <laughs> it was photographed beautifully. You, re- you wrote a story about it and it's relatable to whomever your audience is. And, you know, I have a friend that always tells me, and I never forgot that, she said, uh, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Oh, I just heard that quote the other day. And I was like, wow, I was like, I got to put that up. So this is just Mm -hmm. God reminding me. (laughs) Really, it is. So I I appreciate that. Yeah. So I'm always ready. I stay ready. No, it's true. People don't understand. I just had, I was being interviewed on Design Sponge um, IG Live and Albie and people were asking her to ask me, you know, how do I get these gigs? And I said, well, one, you you just need to be pleasant to people because they'll remember you being nice more than they'll remember. They'll remember you being nasty and never want to do anything with you. But if, if you're super nice, you're always going to be top of mind. And I said, and be mindful because when people come to you and ask you for stuff, you need to be prepared to do the work and you need to be right. prepared. Like you can't just be like, okay, I'll get back to you. You have to be like, okay, give me 10 minutes. I'll send it to you or, I'm, or, or it's on its way. Whatever it is, I was right. like, you have to, it, it, I think people look at Instagram and see, you know, they could look at you and be like, oh my God, it's so easy for her. But they, like you said, when you're ready, you stay ready. It's, it's not a problem. And I think people don't realize that part of being ready is a lot of work. Like you've got to be on point. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the other conflict you mentioned, what people see on social media, the conflict with that. Let's take my, well, we'll take me for example. So I'm a small business, but I'm still a brand, just like, you know, any other big name, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just smaller. Mm-hmm. Now, let's take, okay, Home Depot, for example. Now, Home Depot is not advertising or not um, complaining on their social media about supply chain issues <gasps> or being um, broken. <laughs> or uh high turnover rate no they're 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 selling constantly consistently and that's what you as a small business in my opinion should be doing as well because you want to put your best face forward on social and when people say oh you know you can't just be, um, what is it? It's the people that show their highlights. Well, they're supposed to if they're a business. Right, 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 right. 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 Yeah. So, so what are you saying? Should should I be complaining about, you know, uh, delayed shipment? Should I be complaining about clients not paying their bills? Or should I be complaining about anything? Or my, or an assistant? Or, you know, like, right. what is it that people expect to see? No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It's- when it's like when my mother said, even when when you go to work and they ask you how how your day is going, and she's like, even if you're having a bad day, saying, "Oh, it's good, thank you for asking," <laughs> and just keep going. <laughs> just be like, "Oh, like you know, get the voice." She's like, "I don't care if you're in the car crying, 
you say it's right. still good and you just keep it pushing, keep it moving. And and that's true because sometimes I do see some rants, you know, and and I was like, you, you're right. You do have to be mindful because you don't know who's watching you. And nowadays mm -hmm. your client can come from Instagram. I know it does for a lot of people, which is so crazy, but you, you just don't know. So with all of that being said, how do you feel when you hire people to work for you, but you know, like, do you want them to be with you for life? Because I, I remember you saying something like, you know, that they're just coming to learn. They're going to be with you for a little while and then they're going to move on and you are okay with that. There's not one employee that you want to be like, please stay and don't go <laughs> because they are oh, so yeah, amazing. No, absolutely. So, I mean, I just try not to have too many expectations, you know, because I do recognize that even myself, you know, I've had several jobs over the years and, you know, you would hope they could stay and grow with you. And especially because I pour so much into anybody that works uh, beside me. Mm -hmm. And, but I also look at them sometimes as um, an assignment that God has sent to me. And that's on a more spiritual level. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm not saying that I'm there trying to fix them. But you are privy to, you know, personal things that they may share with you. And it's always in confidence. Right. And because um, my my best friend says you have a very disarming personality. And yeah. I, understand, I, I understand what she means by that. She put it so eloquently, right? No, true. That, you know, people just kind of open up and talk. And I don't mind, you know, I'm a listening ear. And so I think I have a, if I can say this, I think I have a good knack for being able to put on my boss hat and mm -hmm. then take that off and just be a friend, you right. know. And as it relates to um, people staying with me, you know, I've had, not a, you know, not a ton of people come, you know, we have longevity, but there, those two are like, you know, kind of, relationships if you will mm -hmm. and uh, then they have long relationships and even after they moved on you know there's one person that worked with me in the very beginning I still talk to him every day you wow. know he's doing his own thing now doing very well too and so you know it's about relationships um, building growing cultivating when you guys are together and hopefully you can still maintain a friendship even after they moved on no, that that makes sense. No, that's good because I I get attached, <laughs> and I'm yeah. just very much like, no, don't go. What can I do? And then you know, it's really stunting their growth or what they're supposed to do with their life. And I that's one lesson that has been very valuable for me is to just be in the moment, enjoy it, and when it when it's time for it to end, just to be gracious about it, you know, and just yeah. Yeah, but every person that's ever worked for me, I've always told them, I said, you know, you want your time here to count for something. Because when you go to your next potential employer and they see Erica Ward inferior on your resume, you want it to mean something to them. True. You know? but because if, they, if it doesn't, or they look us up and they don't see anything worth, you know, what does that look like as far as how you spent the last four years of your time? Truth? No, <laughs> you know what I mean? no, absolutely. Truth. 
Uh, and so, you know, I said, this, my name is on the building around the door. Yes, it this, is. <laughs> the work that we do is not for me. It's for all of us, right? This is true. And for you or it to mean something when you move on to the next employer. And I think that the light bulb, the light bulb goes off for people when they hear that. Um, and it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yes, and that building is beautiful, by the way. <laughs> I, I love the video that you did of it, where you um the video is amazing. Uh, how let, let's talk about that. What made you go storefront? Because it seems like right now there are people saying no, I don't want a storefront, and there are uh, business coaches out there saying no, don't do a storefront. Right. But to me, like it may, like. I, I feel like deep down I want a storefront. Tell me your thoughts on that. Well, for me, it's like I never want to live in the pain of regret. You know, like what it should have, could have, wonder what would have happened if I, you know, it's something that I've always wanted to do. And in my life, the time was right to do it. Mm-hmm. And so, so we did it. And, you know, honestly, I had just been out looking for just a larger office space. And so when I went further south of the city, I found that place and it was a great location uh, close to my kids' school and it's not oversaturated um, right. with designers, you know? Right. And so there's beautiful residents there, mm-hmm. um, fam- very family-oriented people, much like I myself. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's also a good group of uh, empty nesters and I love working with them as well. And even um, older people just aging in place and I just have a soft spot in my heart. I think about my grandparents mm-hmm. and I just love working with older people too. And so I have all of that there. And when I found that place, I instantly knew that we were supposed to be there. And I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do with the space straight away, but it came to me after a good night's sleep, which is not something I, I get very often. <laughs> but when I woke up the next morning, it was so clear. And so from the video, you can see that we built it out to feel like a resident. And I wanted the client, whether it's their aesthetic or not, to feel the system aesthetic from the front to the back. And also be able to see where, you know, our range and also be able to explain to them, well, this is a pinch of paper tape, this right. is a wall cover, you know, this is a hide rug, or this is piping on the pillow, or this is a contract well, You right. know, just be able to explain, what, you know, it's one thing to look at pictures, but it's actually, it's like a show house, you know. No, absolutely. Actually being the space and being able to sit on the sofa and to run your hand down the drape or across the pillow and feel the textures or something. It just really gives people a greater appreciation um, of your art, you know, right? It's all artistry mm-hmm. and um, want that for themselves in their own home. No, it's it's absolutely beautiful. And it's easier because when people come in and they sit down and they have a conversation with you, you know, as soon as you walk through the doors, it feels like you're home. And I can tell that from looking at it. I haven't been there yet, people, but I will be there once COVID is done. (laughs) Once COVID is behind us, I'll be there. (laughs) You know, and it's, it's just, it's really amazing. Um, so what are the lessons that you have learned with having a storefront? 
that you would advise people to look into? Like, what did you not know and then you learned after you were in there or, you know, as you were going through the motions? Because that's important too, because once again, people think you get a space, you rent it, you know, you rent it out, you buy it or whatever, and it's just one, two, three, but they don't understand, like, you have to get the place looking a certain way. What are the valuable lessons that you learned? Yeah. So I knew this going in, but it's one, it's one thing to have the head knowledge, but then actually to be swiping your card and, and <laughs> write the checks. <laughs> and so the space um, that I had was just vanilla, you know, literally vanilla walls, right. concrete floor, 1,500 square feet, two bathrooms in there. And so I essentially, I furnished the house, Truth. you know, a 1,500 square foot house. And, you know, and actually, no, I built a kitchen in there. I did more than furnish the house. I built the kitchen in there. Uh, we put um, wood floors in there, real wood floors, from front to back. And spent a good bit of money. I'm sure. And I just, you know, you can put it down on paper and we stay on budget. But it still was just, wow, eye-opening. And that was probably the biggest investment I've ever made in back into my business. And I'm, I'm happy for it. Um, the other thing that I didn't realize, well, I kind of did, but I kind of didn't, but it was just like about going back to getting ready, mm-hmm. and staying ready so mm-hmm. you don't have to get ready. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I was ready. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that because um, just the sheer interest of people coming in, calling. Um, I ended up having to hire somebody to take my discovery calls because I used to do them myself right and it got to the point where I was like I don't have time to do any of my administrative work or I don't have time to you know do my design work because right. I'm always on the phone right I'm taking discovery calls and so I mean these are things that could easily be um you know I could make the adjustments pretty quickly but it was mm. just something that didn't cross my mind no. Um, and then we're also interviewing for another designer to join us. And, um, you know, when you are in, when you're outside of the city, so to speak, because mm-hmm. we're not considered, well, I guess we don't consider Metro Atlanta, but we're for, we're about uh, 30 minutes from the airport. Okay. Um, you have to draw talent sometimes from areas outside of where the studio is. Correct. And so one of the people that we've talked to, two of the people that we've talked to, um, live an hour away. Wow. Right? And so um, you don't have to live in the same, <clears throat> excuse me, live in the same local area to do design work, obviously. But I do think there's something about coming together as a team. Um, and we could do that probably twice a week. And then they maybe work remotely the other three days or be wherever in the client's um houses or a showroom mm-hmm. other showrooms or whatnot but um you know i just i didn't really think about recruiting talent so far away does that make sense right no it does it absolutely does mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i have one last question and then i gotta wrap this up unfortunately uh how do you stay above ahead of of all like you know i'm in new york you're you're in atlanta how do you stay ahead with all the designers around you? I mean, I know you're like head down and you just, you go about your business. Yeah, I think that um, you stay ahead by showing up. 
And what does that mean? It means you have your head down, you're getting your work done, but then you share. Share, share, share. And the other part of it, when I say share, I mean on your social channel, share. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ask ask your clients to share. Word of mouth has been the biggest thing for me. Um, referrals? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Probably 70% of my client base are either repeat clients or referrals. Woo. And so, yeah. That is awesome. I, yeah. And so before I realized the power of referrals, I didn't ask for them all the time. I just would say, hey, well, actually, I didn't say anything until I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? I need to speak up because it, it may not come to mind for them to right. tell someone else about me. And so I would say something like, well, you know, Gail, I really enjoyed working on this project with you. And I, I know that you've enjoyed working with us. But do you know any friends or family members that would be interested in having the same type of experience that we gave you? Nice. Uh, or I'll say, can you give me the names of maybe five or six people? You know, I'll give a right. number. Because right. think about it. If somebody asked you. You got to be specific. For a specific <laughs> number, right? Got to be specific. Um, then you're going to instantly try to make that five, that list of five people, that list of six people. Just, I think it's just out of habit that we do that, right? Right. But Gail, you know, can you give me like five um, textile brands that, you know, would be great for this type of project? And you might give me six or seven. True. Right? True. And true. You're going to at least give me the five that I asked for. This is true. This is true. This has been amazing. You are coming back. <laughs> Please tell the people. Oh, yes, 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 because yes, we could talk all day. Please tell the people where they can find you. Uh, you can find me online at ericaward.com, E-R-I-K-A-W-A-R-D, and on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and Twitter. It's at M-R-S-E-R-I-K-A. W-A-R-D and that's at Mrs. Erica Ward all social channels are trying to make it as easy as possible. No, this is true. You have to. Well, I also forget. So <laughs> that's the other thing. Well, Erica, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. And ladies and gentlemen, she will be back. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, Gail. You're welcome. Hey there, I need your help. If you love the show, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes if you are an Android or Windows user. Your feedback helps me to create shows that will provide lots of value. And in the meantime, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Gail Davis Design. Thanks so much, beautiful people.